Okay. It's nice to not always have to do the same thing over and over. I don't know about you, but I need that. It's not just because the monotony of doing the same thing over and over. It's kind of more, we get caught up and we get worried about the same thing. You know what I mean? You you hear where I'm going with that. And so, um, this wasn't even, that's, what's great about it. It's like, God's like, you know, I'll take care of this. I'm going to move how I want to move. I'm going to speak how I want to speak. And if you would just be moldable. So in those moments when you think, that it should look like this or it should go like this. If you would just, if you would be that moldable clay to say where he could come in and he can just change the whole outlook of it. And that's really what he calls us to be when we step into that relationship with him. Um, that was just free. So, okay guys, and I don't want to talk about the power of persuasion and how we're so easily persuaded, good, bad, or indifferent. And how sometimes just the way something sounds or just the way that it looks um, can persuade us in different directions. Um, And I thought about, I was thinking about this here not too long ago. I was watching a movie with Brooke and it was kind of more of a, it was kind of more of her, it was a chick flick. Okay. I'm just going to be honest. It was a chick flick. So yeah, I know Shannon's probably, I'm going to get attacked from it. You know what? I was watching it. Sometimes you got to do those things. Happy wife, happy life. That's what I've always heard. So I'm watching this chick flick with my wonderful, beautiful bride. And I was sitting there watching it and there there was just one of the lead actresses in it was over uh, like a QVC kind of network show or something. And, and I was watching it and it's a movie. And so this actress, she's got these, it it was like mother's day gifts, necklaces, like with a little pendant on it and stuff. And I'm watching it and she's describing them and stuff. And I'm going, yeah, Boy, my mom would really like those. And I'm already thinking in my head about getting one for my mom. And it's a movie. Like, I'm being persuaded. Like, I really did stop. And I was like, what in the world was this? And the Lord kind of started speaking to me about this. And that's been, oh, it's been over a week ago now. But it's, it's just so funny that something like that. And, and those kind of things are powerful, too, with, like, the shopping network and those kind of channels and stuff. And somebody can present something. And, and I'm sure, you know, they've done their studies on how, uh, like, their sociological experiments with people on what, what colors work best and, and how to speak and probably even the color of their outfits and stuff. And, and I just think we're just so easily persuaded. Like, that was so easy. That was, like, I wasn't even thinking about, like, my, and she just started presenting it away. Wouldn't this be a lovely gift for your mom? And I'm like, yeah, it would be. Like, that, my mom would like that. And I'm like, what am I doing? You know what I mean? Like, I had to bring myself back. What am I thinking? Sometimes with commercials, it's kind of that way, too. Like, or, or one thing for me is, like, if you're, on, if you're on social media, I am. So shoot me. So anyway, you can scroll through and they've got, they've got different um, recipes for things. will be on those little videos. You guys know what I'm talking about. And you'll start watching it and you're just like, man, that looks good, man. And you start thinking, do I have the ingredients to make that right now? Because I want that right now. And we're, and, the, and we're so easily persuaded by those things. It's such an easy thing to do. And I was reading this article. I kind of started studying this and I was reading this article about this university. And I cannot remember the name of the university. It slipped my mind. But anyway, they did a study on tips, like waiters and waitresses tips. And it, was, it said how just adding a mint to the people that you're serving, the guests, whatever I'm trying to say there, just adding a mint, tips went up 3%. Adding two mints, the tips went up 
Then not providing the mints right away, but offering a compliment to your customer and then say, you know what? I'm going to give you some mints today. You guys were just really lovely doing it that way. And then offering however many you're in the party, each a mint with a compliment. It went up 23%. And I don't know if you guys have ever been swayed that way. I'm sure that we all have, and we didn't even realize it. And we can be easily persuaded and not even realize that it happened. It's like someone just pulled like a ninja move on your mind and you didn't even know it. And you're like, I think some of those times happen and maybe... I think before, you know, sometimes when you offer up a tip to somebody like that and you don't even think sometimes when that happened, that's usually when your spouse is like, you know, afterwards you kind of get that. How much did you tip them that much? You know what I mean? Have you guys ever had that happen before? Well, I'm the only one, but anyway, there's power in persuasion. And, you know, when I was praying about this and I was reading about this, it just, it really came to light in me. So tonight we're going to be reading from John in chapter one, starting with verse 43, and we're going to go through 51. And normally, and, and this is wonderful and this is great, I would have you stand. That's kind of how I've learned, but I'm going to kind of be, we're going to kind of filter through this. We're going to bring some application to this as we go. So I'm not going to make you stand through the whole sermon. So Somebody say amen. <laughs> That'd be awful. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, we're going to start in 43, and I'm going to stop periodically. But um, at this point, this is Jesus calling. Um, this is after he called the first disciple. So now he's to the point where he's calling Philip and Nathaniel. And we're going to focus more on Nathaniel and his response to being called. So I'm going to start in 43. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Beth, Bethsaida. Bethsaida. I can't ever say it right. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So that, that's kind of a big deal. You know what I mean? Like, I imagine there's a level of excitement there that I'm definitely not matching. So he's like, Nathaniel, we found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about the prophets, who the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And listen to Nathaniel's response in this. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathaniel asked. Come and see, said Philip. You ever made up your mind about somebody because where they're from? Or maybe what they came from. He doesn't even know what he's saying. Nazareth. Can anything good come from Nazareth? Can anything good come from Marshfield? Can anything good come from Marshfield Church of the Nazarene? Can anything good come from this family or that family or this family? But sometimes we do that. You know what I mean? So we, we kind of attach what we believe someone is going to be to maybe how they were raised, where they're from, the kind of family that they grew up in. We get so caught up in details that don't even matter. They don't even matter. And it, it, it twists our perception 
And, and when we make up our mind, well, if you're like my wife, when you, she makes up her mind, that's it. That's done. It's locked in. No matter what I say or do, that's it. And we use those details also to persuade others that someone's no good simply based on where they came from or how they came from. And so through that power of persuasion with other people, maybe we change their minds on it. It's not about who someone was. It's about whose they currently are. It's about the condition of their heart. It's not about their physical location. It's about their heart's condition. It's about where they are here. Who they're following here. And see, the only way Philip knew to get Nathaniel to believe is if he saw for himself. And you know Philip's just sitting there going, dude, you don't even know what you're talking about. You need to come and see this. I almost, I almost think like Nathaniel was in like a bad mood or something. You know what I mean? Like maybe he was busy doing something and Philip came. He's like, dude. And he's like, would you, can anything good come from, you know what I mean? Like it just was like a passing thing. Like Philip's like, no, 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 listen, you need to come and see. You need to come and see. He knew he had to see it for himself to believe it. And he knew Nathaniel needed to be persuaded. How many of you know that it, it takes some persuasion to get people to believe in Jesus? It takes some persuasion. It took some persuasion for me. And that's kind of the other side of the persuasion. It's, but it takes persuasion. And, that, and that's the way that we were created to be. Um, But I think the best way to persuade people when talking about Jesus and talking about this awesome relationship that they're missing out on is not to get in a debate with them. Maybe telling your testimony. To me, that's kind of high on the, on the scale of, of what we can do. Sharing your testimony about where you were to where you are now and and the fact that Jesus has changed you and, and there's power in that. And, and the Lord tells us there, there is because he says they're overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimonies. And I think sometimes we try to just, we could fill them full of all kind of head knowledge, but sometimes people just want personal application. You know what I mean? Like sometimes they just want to hear what it's done in your life. And a lot of times God has put you in place of somebody that might have a similar story to you. I've had that happen to me before several times. I'm sure you guys have too. And as you start sharing your testimony with them, you start seeing their face change. Like either they're getting more emotional or, but they're connecting. It's about making that connection with them. And that's a powerful way to persuade people to Jesus. Another way that's really important for us to we need, we need to live it out. And we talk about living it out. And we need, to, we, need to, we need to be the change that we want others to see. Be the change that you want others to see. Not just at church. 
not just around your church friends, in every aspect of your life, in everything that you do, you need to be the change you want others to see. Okay, let's jump back in. So, so come and see, said Philip. So now verse 47, when Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said to him, here's a true Israelite in whom there is nothing false. Nathanael's like, how do you know me? The only way Philip knew to get Nathanael to believe is if he saw for himself. He knew that he needed to be persuaded. So Nathaniel is thinking at this point, wait a minute, there's something different about this. How do you know me? But you see, Jesus sees us before we see him. So when Philip's like, come and see, Nathaniel comes and Jesus opens up his eyes. Jesus knew he was coming because Jesus sees us before we see him. You ever think about it that way? Like, man, I can't believe I did that. Good or bad, I can't believe I did that. Jesus knew what you were going to do before you did it. Jesus sees you before you see him. And we see people differently than how Jesus sees people. And I constantly pray that God will constantly or continually, constantly, continually change that vision in me so that I can see people as he sees people. Because when you come into that relationship and God opens up your eyes and you see things how he sees them in that moment, don't let that be a fleeting moment. We should continually strive to have a Christ-like vision and he'll give it to you. But so often we see people for how we choose to see them instead of seeing them how Jesus would see them through his eyes. We see where they're from. He sees where they're going. We see a lost cause. He sees potential. We see strangers. We pass by strangers all the time, all day, every day. And that's how we see them and that's how we think of them. Well, that's not my deal to mess with. Oh God, you know, when someone's in trouble, something's going on and maybe some of you jump in and help. Sometimes I walk right by and we see them as strangers. Well, I don't know them. He sees them as children. We got to change our perspective. We see too far gone. He sees one step closer to surrender. But we do that. I do that. I know I do that. We don't want to deal with somebody where they're at. And, and, and our attitude in that is saying, they're too far gone. And when we've clouded our vision with that kind of doubt or that kind of a, a, a judgment, when, when we lead with that kind of vision, maybe if we would have had a renewed vision, then Jesus would have had a word for us to give to them and they could have surrendered in that moment. See, we have to see people how Jesus sees people. 
Okay, 49. Let's finish this out. Then Nathaniel declared, Rabbi. Okay, so Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still... Where was I at? I'm sorry, 48. Okay. How did you know me, Nathaniel asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. I saw you. Sees us before we see him. Then Nathaniel declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You shall see greater things than that. He then added, I tell you the truth. You shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. See, seeing is believing. We can relate to that from the show me state. Seeing is believing. Nathaniel's view on Jesus was changed when he saw Jesus. Because before, he kind of judged him from where he was from. But then when he saw him, the seeing is believing part, his view changed on Jesus. And if you're a believer in Jesus, then you've had that moment when your view of Jesus has changed. But has your view on other people changed? You see, when we're saved, we receive new vision. And now we've entered into a lifelong process of our vision changing. And in that process, I feel like we can just be so easily persuaded by what the world tells us about how we should see other people that we forget that we should see others how Jesus sees them. What would happen if we just saw people how Jesus saw them? What would that look like? That'd be a mighty movement of God. And if we would do that, if we would just see people how Jesus see them, like he said here in verse 50, you shall see greater things than that. That doesn't even hold a candle. What you're seeing now is nothing compared to what I'll show you if you'll allow me. If you'll see them how Jesus sees them. If you see them how I see them, I will show you greater things than that. That's not even close to what I can show you. I wonder sometimes how many amazing miracles are happening all around us, but we don't see them because we've got the wrong vision. And if we just see him how Jesus sees him, maybe we'd see more mountains move. Maybe we'd see more people being healed. We would see more people coming to Christ. We would see amazing miracles. I think sometimes we think, well, there's just nothing going on. Well, I'm just not seeing anything. You know, I don't think God stops doing miracles. I don't think that that is going to end or ever has ended. I think it's about our vision and how we see it. And if we had the right vision, we would see greater things. Greater than you think. 
Greater than your ways because they're his ways. Greater than your thoughts because they're his thoughts. Don't be persuaded by the things of this world. I have before, and I can tell you it leaves you bitter, angry, and not a, not a righteous anger. Because God gives us the emotion of anger, but we use it in the wrong way so often. I'll leave you depressed, empty, and lost. Instead, if we would be persuaded by God more often, it would give us hope. It would give us meaning. It would give us purpose. It would give us direction. It would give us a Christ-like vision. Well, how do I renew my vision? Do just like Nathaniel did. He went to Jesus. That's the example for all of us. Me included, instead of just defaulting to maybe a worldly standard or this automatic default that we went to when we were living of the world, if we just go to Jesus and he renews our vision, then it completely changes everything. It changes the outcome. We would miss out on so many self-inflicted things if we would just go to Jesus. Put your, you have to put yourself, to renew your vision, you have to put yourself in a position to hear him more clearly. Are you putting yourself in a position to hear the Lord more clearly? You have to put yourself in a position to grow in your relationship with him. You have to put yourself in a position where it's all about him instead of yourself. Look to him, go to him as an automatic response not a last ditch effort. Because see, he can't show you where to look if you're not looking in his direction. Fix your eyes on him all day, every day. Not just three times a week at church or once a week at church. All day, every day. I'm going to have Lance come. Because I know the Lord's moving tonight. I know he wants to renew some vision. Because when I stopped and I fixed my eyes on him and he renewed my vision, I knew he wanted me to speak about it. I knew he did. And it's, it's a beautiful thing when you take that time and the Lord's speaking to you because it puts everything back into motion. It puts you back in that place where you need to be. And I'm not talking about I'm like fall away, but you know what? I wasn't focused. I wasn't focused. And he constantly reminds me to keep my focus on him. He's calling you deeper in your relationship with him. He's calling you to move closer to him, to put yourself in that position to hear him more clearly. He's calling us to see through his eyes and not our own. He wants you to come to him just like he wanted Nathaniel, just like he called Nathaniel, he's calling us. 
and he doesn't stop calling us. He says, I see you over there under the fig tree. I see what you've been doing. I see the things that have been occupying your time and your mind. And I don't, I love you enough to not leave you over there. But I want you to come over here. I've got something greater for you to see. If we just renew our vision, we could see amazing things. See heaven open up. He's got something to show you. He's got something to show us. So we're going to go into a time of response. If the Lord's been speaking to you, I encourage you to move. He's been speaking to me about this. Maybe your vision needs renewed. I don't know. Maybe you need to get back in that place where you're in a position to allow him to work in your life. So this is your time to